0: Good morning everyone, wherever you are, I think there's some people on here who are good afternoon, pleasure seeing you and um, we're going to talk, I'm going to inter- alternate between looking at the camera and looking at the zoom, forgive me. Um, first of all, Carly, I know that we have available the source sheet, I think it might be very helpful if we send a link out to those people who want to have the source sheet uh, and that is a wonderful idea. So, if you'd like to do that, perhaps you could do that now. She's waving her finger, okay? Alright, she's about to do it. In the meantime, I want to draw your attention, if I may, to Chapter 23 of Vaikra. What's Chapter 23 of Vayikra? You You know it very well. We talked about it last week, because we spoke about the fact that there is an entire chapter in the Torah which talks principally almost exclusively, about the festivals. It's in Parsha's Emor. Why is Parsha's Emor important? Because it's this week's Parsha. So in fact, this week's Parsha is going to be relevant to our discussion today, not only because we fall between the period of Pesach and Shavuos, but also because it happens to be the chapter 23, and we discussed it in the previous share. Talks about the period that we refer to as Svirata Omer. I'm sure you're all very much taken with the length of my beard, but uh, you know that during the period of Svirata Omer, we don't shave. Why? Because we commemorate the death via a plague of uh, uh, an undetermined nature that affected the students of Rabbi Akiva, She um, uh, um covered Ish. Um, They didn't practice respect for each other, they passed away, they died during the course of this plague the number that is given is 24,000 people, we suspend all weddings, we have no joyous events during this occasion and one of our demonstrations of mourning during this particular period is that we don't shave, we don't have a haircut and we don't shave so hence the length of my beard. What is the source in the Torah for this period of time that we refer to as Sfirah Sa'omer and which we so closely associate with the death of the students of Rabbi Akiva? In fact, it's got nothing to do with Rabbi Akiva. Sfirah Sa'omer has to do with the fact that there is a period of time between Pesach and Shavuos which we count in order, as we said in the previous share, to determine the time of Shavuos. So Pesach, on the second day of Pesach, we begin with the first day of the counting, the Sefirah, the counting of the Omer. So that at the end of that period, we will know when Shavuot is. After 49 days, the 50th day is Shavuot, as it says in the Torah. Very nice. Why isn't it called Sefirah? It's called Sefirah Ta-Omer. Why is it called Sefirah Ta-Omer? Because there are two sacrifices or two offerings that were brought the first one that was brought on Pesach which was a barley offering that was the first Korban Omer and the second Korban Omer was the Shete HaLechem the only time in Jewish tradition and the Jewish faith where Chometz was brought as an offering in the Beit HaMikdash and that is the second Korban Omer so, we have sandwiched in between two korbanot, two offerings, one of barley and one of wheat, something called Safirata Omer. Do we bring the korban Omer today? We don't. We don't uh, do that at all. We, in fact, we don't bring any offerings onto Temple Mount nowadays. We don't have a temple. And until the rebuilding the temple, as we say traditionally, bimheira vi omeno, speedily in our days, We don't bring any offerings whatsoever onto Temple Mount or in any kind of Temple setting. However, when the Temple is re-established, and we're not going to get into the discussion about animal sacrifice, but I can assure you the Korban Omer will be brought. The Korban Omer is the Korban that was brought on Pesach with barley, and which was brought on Shavuot with the Shete which is wheat. That Korban will be brought. What is the source of this This Mitzvah. It is in Parshat Emor, this week's Parsha, in Perik Chav Gimel, Chapter Twenty Three. It's on your source sheet if you down- if downloaded it. You can download it. If you're watching this, by the way, on YouTube or on my website, there will be a link for you to download this. Or if you're watching on SoundCloud, there will be a link in the comments to um, that you can use to download the source sheet for this week's Parsha Share on Parshat Emor. Let's have a look at what the parsha actually says. I'm not going to go into that again. You know what it means. On the second day of Pesach, we begin the counting. From the day that you bring this Omer Hatanufa. Does anybody know what Tanufa means? Tanufa means waving. You wave the Korban Omer up and down, up and down, up and down. That's what tenufah means. Sheva Shabbatot Mimot You count seven full weeks of the counting. That's 49 days. Seven times seven is forty-nine. Admi moharata shabata until the end of the seventh week. Tispurucha Mishim Yom. On that day is the 50th day. That's what you're going to count. On that day, you bring a new offering to God. That's the second Korban Omer. <mimoshvoteichem> Taviu Lechem Tenufa Shtayim. Shné Solit gives the measurements. You bring two breads, the Shné Lechem, which um, you bring, which is a new offering, a Mincha Chadasha, Lechem Tenufa, waving bread. Has anybody here ever waved with their bread? Did you ever say somebody goodbye and they said, Wave goodbye, and you waved with your bread. We never wave with bread. It's not something that we do regularly nowadays. However, the Korban Omer was waved. The Shteh Alechem was waved. They used to wave it up and down, up and down. And the Pasuk continues. Otam um, Alechem HaBikurim. And the priest shall wave them upon the first offering, breads. By the way, what's Bikurim? Bikurim was the special offering that one brought, which was the first growth of any of the produce that came out of your land, of the Sheva Minim. And we've done a shir on that as well. You can do a search on my website. I have a couple of shiurim on Bikurim. Bikurim was very special, very important offering that was brought. And the Bikurim... Was the very first produce that came out of your field, out of your agricultural production, that was called the bikurim, and that was given to the kohen. In this uh, reference to the lechem, the Sheha lechem, it's called lechem ha-bikurim tenufa, the first of the produced uh, produce bread that is waved Hashem before God. And now it gives details of the actual offering as it's brought. I want to really focus on this quite unusual idea that we bring the Shehalechem at the conclusion of the 49-day count on the 50th day and that somehow this is related to a chapter that discusses details of our festivals. Pesach, Shavuos, Rosh Hashanah, Yom Kippur, Sukkot. What is Korban Omer and Svirata HaOmer doing in a chapter about festivals? Is Svirata HaOmer a festival? I don't think so. I'm not sure it's a festival. In fact, I'm quite sure it isn't a festival. Svirata HaOmer is, are there any Customs, festival customs that we actually associate with Svirata Omer. Quite the reverse. We have a period between Pesach and Shavuot of at least 33 days, and according to the Svaradim, the full period of Svirata Omer besides for Lagba Omer, when you're not allowed to be festive at all. You can't have any weddings, you can't have any parties, you can't have any music, you're not allowed to shave. How could you do that during a festival? We're not allowed to uh, be depressed or miserable. Or have any practices that have to do with misery or depression during a festival? So clearly, Svirata Omer, the period between Pesach and Shavuot, it's not a miserable period. It's not a festival period. It's a miserable period. So how is it included in the period? Um, uh, sorry, in the chapter that talks about festivals? Why would it be included in that chapter? I turn your attention to source number two, which is the only other source on your source sheet. Source number two in your source sheet regarding this week's or this year's Parshat Emor Shi'ur. It's from the Nasivus Sholom. Who's the Nasivus Sholom? He was the Rebbe of Slonim, the Slonim a Rebbe, Rabbi Berezovsky, Shamal and he wrote the Nasivus Sholom, one of the most wonderful Sfarim on the Parsha that exists. It's a blessing to anybody who understands it, who reads it regularly. And I thankfully um, have had this Sefer for many years. It's in five volumes. And I get such pleasure reading his pieces. They've been so well put together and so well thought through. And I have such pleasure reading them and often sharing them with you during the course of my Parsha share on a weekly basis. So we're going to talk about this very topic through the eyes of the Nesivas Shalom, the Netivot Shalom, and the question is, why is Sefirat Ta'omer part of the festivals? Okay, let's have a look at that source sheet. Yesh Havin, says the Nesivas Sholem. We need to understand. Why is it that the mitzvah of the Omer offering is included in the chapter that deals with the festivals? The ora, it would appear. Harehi begeder bikurim in bikurim. It in fact is part of the bikurim offering and should be included in with reference to anything that mentions bikurim. Bikurim isn't festivals. Festivals isn't bikurim. It's in the wrong place. b'havata omer How do we know that the korban omer, the omer offering? is part of the Bikurim, the first produce offering that is brought in the temple, because it begins by talking about reshit Ketzirchem, the initial part of your produce, the lashem. and at the end it also mentions the concept of Bikurim, and you should bring the two Lechems, the two breads, which are Bikurim Lashem, Bikurim, for God, the Imkein, temuha. And if that's the case, it is extremely puzzling. Why should this piece of information, this mitzvah, this obligation to bring the Korban Omer, the barley on Pesach, and the wheat on Shavuot, be included in a chapter that discusses details about the festivals. The HaOmer, Kashur Lemo'adim, that somehow indicates, somehow... Gives the impression, the wrong impression it would appear, that Omer is part of the festivals. It's not part of the festivals. We've discussed that. It has nothing to do with festivals. It happens to be the period of time between two festivals. But in and of itself, it isn't. Why is it included here in the chapter? Here's the second question. Here's the Omer. With regard to counting the Omer, you should count from the second day of Yom Tov, from the day when you brought the Omer, the waving Omer. It would appear that the counting that takes place between Pesach and Shavuot is somehow connected to the Omer offering. How do we refer to it? I said that before. We don't call it Safira, we call it Safirat HaOmer. The connection seems to be, not with Pesach and Shavuot, but with Omer. With It needs to be understood, it needs to be explained. Why is the counting referenced against the Omer offering—it has nothing to do with it. Surely, it has to do with counting down the time between Yitziat Mitzrayim and Matan Torah, receiving the Torah, the um, Sinai revelation that took place on Shavuot. What's it got to do with the Korban Omer? It seems to be superfluous, marginal, tertiary. It has nothing whatsoever to do with the matter at hand—the counting down, uh, the counting down from Pesach to Shavuot. Surely, the entire concept of the counting of Sefirah is the countdown towards preparing yourself to receive the Torah. Le tahareinu to purify us, miklipotenu from the things which surround us. Klipah is a Kabbalistic term: the husks. Those things which, which are very physical, which prevent us from being spiritual. Umitumoteinu, and from things which are unpure, impure about us. Ritual impurities. The whole concept of Sfirat Omer is the countdown so that we have a build-up towards the holiness and spirituality of the moment of receiving the Torah at Mount Sinai. Vashii taharu nefashot amcha Yisrael mizumatan so that we can cleanse the souls of the Jewish people from that which, um, which contaminates them from their filth and from their dirt. <speaking> in <Hebrew> what in heaven's name? By the way, that's not a direct translation of the Nesivas Shalom. What in heaven's name has this got to do with the Omer offering? It doesn't seem to have anything to do with it. And now another question. Od yesh leva'er Omer nikra. Omer hatenufa, says the Nesivos Shalom. I have a question for you. Why is it called the Omer hatenufa? The carbon Omer is called the waving offering, waving up and down, up and down. I mentioned it already. Why is it called the waving offering? The shehelechem nikreim lechem tunufa, and the shea lechem that you bring on Shavuot is also called the bread of waving. What's with all the waving? We see that the korban Omer that begins this entire process and right the way through to the Shete lechem, it's always referred to with this, with this uh, concept of waving. What is waving? You brought the Omer offering that needs to be waved. And on the day that you wave the Omer, you have to bring the, the sheep. You have to bring this special offering, this korban. Why the waving? What's the waving got to do with anything? Surely the whole concept of the Omer has nothing to do with the waving. Omer seems to imply that the most important part of this process is waving. Really? Surely it's about bringing the produce. Not to do with the waving. Imagine I gave you a gift and there's a ritual that I need to wave it before I give it to you. And I decide I don't want to wave. And i just give you the gift. Did you get the gift? Of course you got the gift. Did I need to wave it? Maybe officially I needed to wave it. But if I didn't wave it, it doesn't affect the gift. What's with the waving? Why does the Omer, why is it referred to by this Adjective that describes it in a way that's completely irrelevant to the matter at hand. Namely, bringing the Omer. What's with the waving? So, continues the Nesiva's krava. Similarly, when we talk about the bringing of the Omer, on Macharat Shabbat, we don't say immediately about the bringing, that the actual offering. It seems the most important focus is the waving. It doesn't say anything about the offering itself. It says the priest should wave. And it would appear from this that the waving is fundamental, crucial, central. To the performance of this mitzvah. What is going on with the waving? That's the third question that the Nesivas Sholem addresses. The Yesh Lomar. And he says, I have an answer for you. And it's something he takes. From his antecedent, one of the great Slonimarevas of the past. Hainyan alpi ma'amar moran admur baal bet Avraham. One of the ancestors... Of Slonim was the great Rabbi Avraham Weinberg. I believe it was Rabbi Berzovsky's father in law. He was the author of a book called the Beit Avraham, and he was the Slonim Rebbe in a town called Baranovich. Now you know Baranovich because that's where Rabbi and Vassaman had a yeshiva. But there was a Slonim uh, community in Baranovich at the head of which was a great rabbi, the Slonim Rebbe. His name was Rabbi Avram Weinberg. He lived from 1884 until 1933. <speaking in Hebrew> this is something, says the Nasivus Sholem, that the great Rebbe of Slonim used to speak about every single year, before we counted, before the first moment of counting of Svirata Omer, Svirah Harishona, the Shem Aviv HaKadosh. In the name of his great father, his holy father of Shmuel Weinberg, who was the previous Admor, the Rebbe of Slonim. Do you want to understand, said the great Slonim a Rebbe, what is the central idea, what is the central theme of Svirata Omer? Nirmazb ma'amara you can find it hinted at. In the Posuk in Tehillim. Chapter 36, Posuk Zion. Lamadvav Zayin in Tehillim. Adam Uvehima Toshia Hashem. Man and beast. Will God save? Toshia Hashem is God's salvation. Adam uveheymah. Shehaomer. Karav misoorim. The initial Korban Omer that was brought on Pesach was brought with barley, which is ma'achal behemah. It is fodder for animals. U'shte alechem. But the two breads that were brought on Shavuot, makrivim. Mechitim is brought from wheat. Sheheh ma'achal adam. That is food for human beings. Shezu avodat this is the work. This is the effort of the days of Safira mibchinat <speaking> Behema <in Hebrew> to shake off to emerge from that within us which we represent which is animal. <speaking in Hebrew> And to become a man. To become a human being. What is a human being? It is a combination of an neshama and an animal body. A unique creation. The fact that we are not animals is not a foregone conclusion. We have to go through a process of cleansing. So adam uvehema tashia Hashem. So that we can come from a position of behemah into a situation of adam so that we can receive the Torah. And it is through this that we can explain and understand the concept of waving up and down, up and down. As the Medrash says in Vayikra Rabbah, on the Pasuk which says, and you should wave this Omer offering before God. the How did the waving happen? What waving did they do? They shook it up and down, up and down, up and down olam take it in and out, somebody who thinks the entire world is his, it's not yours, there's an out and there's an in, there's that which is yours and that which isn't yours and actually nothing is really yours, boy do we understand that now. Boy, do we understand how little control we have, even in the world that we think that we control. There's no such thing as a physical world that belongs to us. We are completely at the mercy of God. Ma'aleh, ma'ala'u morid. Lift it up and bring it down. Le'misha yonim shelo. What are we doing? We understand that there's a down... There's something which is physical, material, but there's an up. There is something which is spiritual, godly, holy. And our purpose in this world is to take that which is material and elevate it into something which is holy. These are the words of the Slonim Rebbe quoted here in the Nesivas sholom a deep understanding of the concept of Qurban Omer. We're taking the physical and turning it into something spiritual. Barley. Animal feed. Taking it and turning it into something holy. Into something godly. We're taking it from down below. And we're putting it up above. We're taking it from the in that we are and saying it's the out that isn't us. That is the concept of Karban Omer. And similarly we find that the Levites, when they became servants of God in the Temple of God, they were also waved by Aaron HaKohen. They had to be waved up and down. They were literally carried by the high priest. And they were taken from down below and put to up above the as it says in the Pasukim Bamidbar, Hashem. Aaron waved the levim as in a waving before God. And then they were ready to do the work. To work for God, you will separate the Levim from among the ordinary folk of the Jewish nation, and the Levim, the Levites, will be for Me. Aaron took each and every one of the Levites. I'm a Levite, by the way. He must have done it to one of my ancestors. And he took them and he waved them before God. And in this way, he elevated him from his status, from what he was. To be sanctified before God. So that he could do the work and and carry out the duties of God in the temple. What does it mean al-wazatnu Tanufa murabba omer and al in this way we can understand what it means the waving that was described in connection with the korban omer hatzunufa it's called tanufa a waving offering not an omer offering a bikurim offering it's called a waving offering it's called omer The lechem tanufa the most important part of that offering was the waving, this conceptual, this intrinsic change of status from something which is down below to something which is raised and elevated up above. He i'kar mitzvah It's not the first produce part which is central, which is crucial, What's most crucial here is the demonstration of taking something which is physical and elevating it into something holy. The idea is that a Jew has to somehow relinquish and get himself out of and elevate himself above Olam hazeh, this physical world. The and wave himself up towards God. Zehu called Kufat If you want to understand the crucial component, the underlying theme of the days of Svirata Omer, it's this. It is this Nekudah, It's this point. It's specifically this. Shehem Kemoshe Rambam. And this is what the Ramban wrote. Nachmanides, bivchinat cholamoid aruch. You know what, Svirata Omer? It's like a long period of cholamoid in between. Like we have cholamoid on Pesach between the first day of Yom Tov and the last, and Sukkot between the first days of Yom Tov and Shmini Atzeres. We have a cholamoid between Pesach at one end, the first day of Pesach, and Shavuot at the other end. A long period of cholamoid, says the Ramban. That is the opportunity that every Jew has to lift himself up and to change himself. To discard the vestiges of Olam Hazer and turn himself into someone spiritual, someone special, someone holy. Somebody who's ready to receive the Torah. After the festival of Passover and the exodus from Egypt, that the Jewish nation will be the chosen nation of God. But in during that period of time, that's when the Yemei HaSfirah come into force in that period of time when the Jewish nation is becoming the nation of God, that is when we have Sfirat HaOmer. The purpose of them is to discard, to get rid of, to elevate yourself above Olam HaZer through the waving of the Omer and the waving of the two loaves, the two breads, on Shavuot, Kulomar. Get rid of all those animalistic desires that dominate us, that completely overwhelm us in every aspect of our daily lives. And from human desires, folly. Everything that we have that we think is important is not that important. Our true purpose in life is to bring ourselves closer to God, to wave ourselves from down below to up above. That is what we need to do. Do you know what ha-lechem is? Chitim, wheat. It's to be taken literally. That's what Chazal say about bread that he eats. Bread is bread. It is the food of humanity. It is the ultimate source of nourishment. And at the same time it can be elevated to be something holy and special. We have Shnei Lechem. every Shabbat. Hamotzi Lechem Min HaAretz. We make the blessing for Shabbat, the beginning of the meal, with two breads, to introduce sanctity into something which is merely there, one would think, for human survival. We're implying this concept of tenufah, of waving. Not waving that you're waving goodbye. Not waving because it's some act that you do. Waving from down below to up above, taking something which is mundane and ordinary and physical and material and turning it into something spiritual. And now, says the Nesivas Shalom, we can understand why Sfirat Omer is written in the Parsha that deals with festivals. The Masha Sfirah. And similarly, why the counting of this period of time is so closely associated with Omer and not with the countdown between Pesach and Shavuot. The whole idea behind Omer is it's connected to, it underpins, it's a fundamental idea that lies behind this period of time. The whole concept of the Sefirah is to cleanse ourselves from the physicality and materialism of our lives and elevate ourselves above it so that we become spiritual and holy and we are able to receive the Torah. And that. Which seems to fly in the face of this theory, of this idea, of this thesis, that at the beginning it just says, and you should bring the Omer, which is the beginning of your produce, but it doesn't say, Bikurim Lashem. bizmana kravata Omer. That's because at the very first moment of bringing the carbon Omer initially, He madayin bibhinat We're not yet at the level of Bikurim Lashem. We're still behema. We're still animals, we're at the beginning of that process. We are still at the very edge of our journey. We haven't yet begun our journey to elevate ourselves above the 49 levels of tum'ah, of impurity. At the first moment we are behemah and only through the process of counting 49 can we end up on the 50th day, ready to bring the Lechem HaTenufah and to receive the Torah at Mount Sinai? And only at the end. After we've been through this process of elevating ourselves through the days of Svirata HaOmer. And is that moment that we reach the stage, we reach The level that we need to be at. That we are man. Can you imagine that? We're not asking you to be an angel. We're not asking you to be an extraordinarily spiritual individual. Just an ordinary Adam. Just to be a man who recognizes the power of his neshama. To elevate every aspect of his life into a state of holiness. You don't need to be the god Lador. Nobody expects you to be Rabchaim Chaim Kanievsky. All you need to be is somebody who's taken the days of Safira and elevated yourself through the 49 different levels of Tum'ah until you're just ready as an Adam to receive the Torah. We just want you to be a man. What we don't want you to be is a behema. We must assume that that's what we are if we take our eye off the ball. That's what it means. And at that moment it says, and from your dwellings will you bring the lechem to nufa, the bread of waving. Sh'tayim bikurim lashem. At that stage, you're ready. Finally, to bring the lechem, which is man food. As a bikurim lashem, you're at the very basic level that you need to be in order to be a servant of God as a man. The chain chag nikra yom What is Shavuot called in the texts in the scripture chag habikurim you have reached the level of bringing bikurim ki hu chag hakadosh Yuchad. it is the holy designated festival Habarishon shon lachar yit'at mitzrayim. the very first time that we celebrate festivals of God after the exodus from Egypt. magi'im Yisrael ha'ilait Lashem. For that moment. It's the first moment in the calendar year of, that begins with Yitziat Mitzrayim, that we're at the level, the elevated level, that we refer to as Bikurim Lashem. That's why it's called Chag HaBikurim. You want to understand? This is the purpose of Yitziat Mitzrayim, of the Exodus of Egypt from Egypt. Anochi the very first of the Ten Commandments is, "I am the Lord your God, Asher Hotzeh who brought you out of the land of Egypt." Shehudi is kech mibchinat she'adam year paraiva the whole purpose of this period of Svirata omer is to take you out of this status as an animal as a behemah. as ioif says in paraute Allahecute base Yivaled. a man is born as a wild donkey via Levadam rabinura via um and the soul, the heart of a man is created negative. When it says right, it doesn't mean wicked. But it means that unless you put the work in, you're going to remain in the status of Ayir, Pere Yivaled. That's what's going to happen and that's the opportunity that's presented to us in the Yemei HaSafirah. And throughout this period of time, until the great holy day of Yom HaBikurim of Shavuot, And at that stage you come to the full realization, without any equivocation, that the entire purpose of your creation was Bikurim LaShem. That's who you are. You're an Adam of Whose duty it is to bring bikurim Lashem. maran admur, and as the great rabbi said, talking again about his his father-in-law's father, the great Slonim Rebbe, shekol Shabbat veYom Tov litziat every Shabbat and every festival day. Is referred to as Zecher Litziat Mitzrayim in memory of the Exodus of Egypt. What does that mean? To remind us of the Exodus. Haynu Shemazkirim LaYehudi Shalav LaTzeit Mitzrayim to remind every Jew that it is their duty incumbent upon them to leave the land of Egypt. Mechalek Mitzrayim shelah from the part of Egypt that is within him, the Haklipan, the Hask Shalver Ervat, Haaret Shabikirba, and the part of Egypt that that um, somehow inflicts him with the physicality and materialism of the world that is Egypt as represented by the land of Egypt. It's in him. Zuia tachlich shekole tovim uvim yuchad chag pesach. This indeed is a central theme. It's the core of every holy day, and particularly Pesach. Asher rosh kol because that is considered. Even though it Rosh Hashanah, Yom Kippur, a holy Pesach is considered the father of all festival days. Mechasher Yehudi rotzel atzet mi and when a Jew wants to leave Egypt, his duty is to take control with the highest level of control of all that peripheral stuff that prevents him from going out of Egypt. And that is why God gave us Spirata Omer. Why? So that each day is another day when we've taken control of another aspect of that which prevents us from achieving this level of Bikurim Lashem. Each and every one of those days is another opportunity to get to the next level of freeing yourself, of shaking off Every aspect of the husk and of the impurities. They'll reach the level that when the Jewish nation reached the foot of Mount Sinai, they had emerged, they'd shaken off, they had completely freed themselves from all aspects of unholiness and they were ready to receive the Torah. Hu Hatachlich shel Kolham Muadim. This indeed is the purpose of all the festivals. Shinatan Lanu Akodesh Baruchhu that Hakodesh Baruch has given usaya bil azorla yudila tekmi traim. To help us, to assist us, to put us on the road towards getting out of Egypt. Ulagia Libchinat Adam Uvahima Toshia Hashem. So that we get to this level. As depicted by that pasuk in Tehilim, so that we can totally overturn, change our fortunes from the bchinat from the animalistic aspect of our um, existence, of our uh, of who we are, Adam, and become the man, the Adam that we need to be, hashollet alatsmo in Yanav, who is in complete control of every aspect of what he does. That is why Svirata Omer is included in the chapter about festivals. It is not superfluous. It is central. It is the most important. In fact, the entire chapter perhaps is only written so that we can include this section about Svirata Omer because this really gives us the roadmap that we need to be who we are. To receive the Torah and Shavuot and to properly commemorate and celebrate every one of the Jewish festivals through the understanding of Svirata Omer, the Korbanha Omer and the Tenufa, the waving of the Omer from down below to up above. Thank you so much for listening. Thank you.